Do we have the microphone? Let's just have a few comments on what came up in your duos, something you'd like to share with everyone? Something you said or touched you in what the other person said? Uh, right here. wanted to thank you. This gave me um, a name for my process. And I want to say process because I look at this and it's like, okay. Um, and staying truly authentic, I would like to follow the, the path of heart. And I'd like to also shoot your head off. And <laughs> we're allowed to have any wish, and and we just don't act on it. And that's what I have found is just what you're saying is that it's a process for me. Mm. It's and it's it's staying in the awareness that I'm in that process, yes. particularly around grief particularly in that place of saying, I'm in grief here, and I'm flatlined, and I am not in maybe even in the ego path or the heart path. I'm in grief. Mm. That's a state. That's a, that's a land, yes. a land of grief yes. for me. Yes. And very often I have found that that land and that process of allowing myself to be in that grief, and it can be scary, it can be very frightening. It's like, it's like um, a shamanic death, in a sense. It's, it's um, am I going to come out of this, and who am I, a uh, place. And that's the process that has brought me to the path of heart. That's where I end up going when I allow myself to go through that, even though it can be very frightening mm. and unknown for me. Uh, so process and allowing that process to go on and to see how I'm, and I may name it, and I may have those thoughts, and it can be, it's interesting for me, um, I'm, I'm going to be trying to fix it or control something, and I can get very much into the trickster with that. Oh, this isn't really fixing, or this isn't really controlling. I'm being very nice here. Uh, however I want to cushion that is it's a practice of honesty to really get honest and truthful with myself in that place and then release it and let it go, and in that practice, mm. let it go. So sometimes it's a process just to get there of the question, is this true? Is this true? So thank you for the thank naming. Thank you. And that's very beautifully expressed, and I really like how you put it. And to assent, to say yes to that process, even though there's a big part of us that's kicking and screaming, and I don't want to let go. Because that's what grief is about. It's about finally letting go of what we've somehow been holding on to, even though 
we say it's so painful, yet somehow we're holding on to it as part of the story that gives us a sense of our own identity. Now my identity has to be in the style of Buddha, not in the style of ego. Okay, somebody else? That was a very deep comment. Thank you. Somebody else want to share what came up? Or any realization you might have had? Um, this thought emerged when you had up on the flip chart the, um, the three resources that one can turn to when it comes to looking at looking at how to provide within what may need resolution and turning it over to uh, some support. And it strikes me that um, the conditionality with which I might allow myself to do that um, was the place of some challenge. And, and it feels as though that act, choosing to explore those resources in a way, um, A, is more empowering, B, uh, obviously self-responsible, but it's a it, it has for me an um a sense of of uh reconnection or of uh a healing of self abandonment it's a remembering of those parts of myself so that mm. there's clearly some things some aspects that have been long denied or suppressed or ignored Overlooked. yeah mm-hmm. and so I, I, what i'm appreciating about that framing is the integration opportunity, the fuller integration, and maybe that's what you mean by resolution as well. It's another yes. term that comes up for me yes. um, that was really helpful in just acknowledging it's a, it's a choice to shift uh, away from the other um, because that is a place that can be powerfully uh, seductive and a uh, source of or a focus of obsession to come back, what I often refer to as my side of the street, um, and stay here, stay home, and hold on. And and the notion of self-love that that represents. I've, I've spent a lot of the work I've done in my adult life being mystified by that notion because I sort of feel okay with myself and kind of what more is required, what more is required as I've had struggle. And for me, I find that to be the most uh, self-accepting practice. So it, it, it encompasses all those things for me. I hope that made sense. Yes, they're it all does. facets of the same Rubik's Cube in my mind. So. Very much so. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it gets you in touch with the resources within that you were overlooking, as we said, and then it boosts your self-esteem to realize, one, that you have the resources, and two, that you finally use them. And I always think the best therapy is the kind that brings you to your own resources rather than imports resources into you. There is a place for that, but the best work is when you get to see, oh, you have this in you all along. I remember teaching a class once and there was a kindergarten teacher in there, in the class, and, and she said, she was using an, she was using an example but uh, I remembered it as a wonderful metaphor. She said, a little boy was hitting a little girl, 
and when I pulled them apart, I said, why are you hitting her? And he said, because she took my toy. And she, the teacher, said, I said to him, you have words that you can use when this happens. You don't have to hit. And I thought, what a wonderful realization that there's something else inside rather than the automatic, violent, aggressive reaction. You can find something else in yourself, which is right there, just words, like give me back that toy. And you don't have to start hitting. And that would be like, you know, you don't have to start being vengeful. You have other options inside you and those three and the one that Natalie uh, added really help service of others Natalie would you put it that way that you somehow give to others what you yourself are longing for And I think um, if it's an altruistic pursuit, all the better. But I think we all want to love deeply and be wholeheartedly committed. And so the loving pursuit takes the place of that relationship that didn't happen or didn't work. Pursuit of? Name it. It's a loving pursuit. It's whatever... um, makes you alive and makes you want to get up in the morning and give more of your best self. Creative, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, thank you. Uh, right, right here. These are deep reflections on our whole topic, which I certainly appreciate. Thank you so much for all this. Um, I was noticing how this can really bring up the subject of addiction as well as relationship and how in some ways addiction substitutes for relationship. Um, When uh, one of these things you say, I choose to have no escape hatch, it does remind me of 12 steps. Mm. And... um, that feeling of turning away from the external towards the internal um, as, as a resource, how powerful that is. And I just wanted to add that, just mm. add the, the word addiction to the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, definitely fits. That would be an example of the misdirected longing because you're literally taking it as I need alcohol or drugs rather than what am I actually... Seeking. Way in the back, all the way. Yes. Yeah. At the risk of cross talk, Natalie, uh, it's the second time I've heard you articulate the fourth way. Um, For me, that fourth way is actually subsumed in the first way, finding resource within. And that would include art, creativity, 
Okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think she was expanding on all three, actually. Yes, right here, right in front of him. Right in front of him. Hi, yeah. thank you, Dave. Um, I'm thinking today from hearing you talk about uh, in the process of synchronicity that synchronicity often is uh, pointing to something different from what I or my ego had planned. Mm. So can you speak a little bit about that moment when you realize that, when I realize that my plans are not what the synchronicity is pointing to? There's a little bit yes. of shock there. Yes. And it's a, it's a wonderful moment because basically what you're saying is, oh, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> it's not, this is not that limited world. Oh, there's a bigger world here than the one I th had thought was here. And to find that bigger world, not only in all of this uh, world that surrounds us, but even in ourselves, is what synchronicity brings us to. It shows us that there's something at work that um, is uh, much larger, wider, more embracing than anything we had heretofore imagined. And uh, to say yes to that, to enter that new territory with all its bigness is just a, a wonderfully liberating moment. And many of us will fear it and hang back because it seems too big. But gradually, when you just stay with it, you get to feel at home in it, the way Alice eventually felt at home in Wonderland. And oh, everything's different here. This is a bigger way of being in my skin than happens when I'm up in the park. And uh, the kind of courage that it takes to say yes to that is what raises self-esteem and makes us more spiritually aware. Well, our time is about up, and uh, I want to say how much I have enjoyed being here with you and hearing all the comments you've made. I've learned a lot. I hope you have. And um, I would like to um, end with this brief poem by Edwin Markham, an American modern poet, so that you won't think I'm stuck in Victorian times. <laughs> <clears throat> they drew a circle to shut me out, called me Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle and brought them in. Thank you all. <laughs>